Love you guys. Come on. Thank you guys. Was there a water up here? Did it go somewhere? You do? Awesome. Are you guys happy? I'm happy. I'm really happy. I think I will have been officially over eight hours in this building already today. <laughs> I think it was that Butch said. Somebody said, wow. Tammy is exceeding me. She was here setting up, and um, thank you so much for taking care of us, Tammy. Everybody that was behind the scenes, honestly, did a phenomenal job. Thank you guys for opening up your home. Uh, I love it. For soon. Yeah, we prayed for 75 people today in seven hours, um, and I still have more to give. Because that's fun, because you get to minister out of abundance, right? When you drink from him, there's more to be able to give. So um, I'm going to do something. Christine, I told you I was probably going to have you come up. I'm going to invite you up, girl. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely right now, girl. So um, I've been doing this now for a while. Usually I have somebody travel with me um, that does this for me. But um, Christina, she's awesome. Are you 19? 18. Gosh, you're so anointed, girl. Oh, she knocked her guitar down. It could have been somebody else's, at least it was your own, you know? Yeah, I heard it sliding down the wall. So what I'm, what I'm doing, what I'm having Christina do is, um, this is something, like I said, that I've been doing now for a couple of years, and, and I have somebody usually come along and, and do it for me, and if somebody can't, then I grab somebody that's in the local body, and I'm like, you can do it just as well as the person that travels along with me. So here's the deal. I'm not asking Christina to play background music to stir up emotion like you would in a movie. You know what I mean? Like certain scenes, like they tug at your heart because the song is like, you know, embellished and it's like this crescendo climatic moment and like the tear comes because of the right chord or the song just fits the scene in the right way. That's not what I'm going for. What I'm going for is simply this. When you touch his heart, you move his hand. So what I'm asking Christine to do, I'm not, it's not pressure on Christine. I'm asking her right now to minister to the Lord. And as she ministers to the Lord, there's a scene in, in the Bible that where these kings, there's three kings, Jehoshaphat's one of them. They come to the prophet Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 3, and they want to inquire. They hear that the word of the Lord is with this man, and they're wanting to inquire about direction and what they should do. And Jehoshaphat speaks up and he says, let's go to this guy because the Lord is with them. And Elisha makes a statement. He says, bring me a minstrel. And as the minstrel began to play, the hand of the Lord became, came upon Elisha and enabled him to be able to declare what the word of the Lord is. So that's all I'm asking Christina to do. I'm not asking her to fill in the gaps. I'm not asking her to do something where she's out of her comfort zone that's not in her wheelhouse. I'm asking her to genuinely just minister to the Lord. I'm telling you, when you have somebody that's anointed as a minstrel and they begin to play, there's a change in the room. God comes in. So we had, I got to tell you, we had a phenomenal time with you guys. It was such an honor to even minister over to the children, to pray for babies, unborn children. It was such an awesome experience. And it was so fun having Noah and Rachel come along. Seriously. Yeah. Bless them, Lord. The Lord has had me in my travels. I've been taking youth with me ever since the beginning of the year. God has softened my heart for this generation. And, and I love them dearly. And I was telling Carl and I was telling Sue, I said, I know it might sound corny. They're 15. I feel like they're my kids. I'm 40. I guess I'm old enough to technically be their, their father. But when, when, when the Lord 
called me to step out, he put it on my heart to take them along because one of the greatest things that anybody ever did for me was they gave me opportunity and that's all I want to do for them. And I believe in them and I love them with all my heart and to watch them prophesy for seven hours, that'll do something to you. It gives me hope. That gives me, it inspires me, you know, and, and just great in, in many ways. And, um, I, I genuinely feel like God has a very, I'm not going to go long tonight, but who has faith in the room for that? Y'all need to repent. Y'all need to, I rebuke that unbelief in the room. Because, and you guys know this, the effectiveness of a message is never found in its length. That's not what makes, and I need to remind myself of that because I can get up and I can just go, but I, I really, 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 really feel like the Lord has a really simple word for you guys. And I got to tell you, and I am not saying this to stir emotion. I'm not saying this to appeal to your heartstrings in any way, shape, or form. I have not felt this excited for this house in a long time. Do you feel it? Do you know what I mean, Shirley? Like, do you, do you know what I'm saying, Stanley? Like, all day today, I mean, like, there was a buzz of activity. There was an excitement, and it was palpable. And it takes me back to when the Lord crashed in in 2012. And I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow. We're living in a time and a season across the board in the body of Christ. And when God began to speak to me about it, I began to hear other ministers talk about it. Where God, guys, if I can, if I can tell you sincerely and honestly, the Lord is bringing His people back to simplicity, and He is stripping stuff away. And we are coming back to why we got in this thing in the first place. I'm telling you, like it's it's literally. I know this is going to sound weird, and you might be like, "Well, it already is." No, I'm telling you, it's going to be about Jesus again. Just the simplicity of Christ, the simplicity of the gospel message. And I'm telling you, and this is what the Lord said to me at the beginning of the year. He said, I want to capture you with what first captured you, captivate you with what first captivated you, grip you with what first gripped you. And he's bringing us back to the place, if I could say it like this, where you first burned and don't you miss that place. Where all you could think about was him. When all you, whenever you would think about him, a smile would come on your face. When all you wanted to talk about was him. And maybe some of you are still in that place. But I know for me, like, you and I, whether we realize this or not, you stand betrothed to Him right now. You're presently engaged to the Lord. And when I got engaged to my wife, my love for... We've been married 15 years now since May 29th. When we got engaged, all I did was look forward to that day. And my love grew. The flame of passion grew. And I'm just kind of wondering, and I'm not saying this by way of like trying to make people feel bad but like there's a lot of people that are presently engaged I don't know if they even care and the highest calling on yours and my life is to love him with every fiber of our being and when you listen when I love him most I love you best that's what he means when he says you know you if, if you love your mother and your father more he's not saying don't love your mom and dad he's not saying don't love your children what the point is you will serve what it is you love most and you don't you don't get to my wife doesn't get to my kids don't reserve the right to take that place that's only reserved for him and actually when i love him most i will love them the best and most effectively we'll talk more about that tomorrow i'm, I'm telling you god is reawakening and stirring his people. There's, there's so many other ministers that I've just kind of, sometimes I just want to tune in and hear what it is they're saying and a lot of them across the board are saying God is bringing us back to this place and I believe that. 
with all of my heart, where we are going to burn brighter than we've ever burned before, where we're going to love Him more than... And listen, loving God to me is not pressure, man. That's a privilege. I am the answer to God's loneliness. Why do you want to be loved? Because you're made in His image. Come on, think with me. Why do you want acceptance? Why do you want to matter? Why do you want those different things? It's because He wants that too. With you. So the streets of gold aren't enough. The worship of the angels aren't enough. You're supposed to be there. He wants you in that picture. And I have found one of the greatest mistakes that we have made. And listen, it's right, but if we're, if we're not careful, we're preaching a message in the church, especially in America, across the board, that says, come to Jesus because of what he can do for you. It's the wrong cell. And we actually keep alive what was supposed to die when we came to him in the first place. That's another sermon. But anyway, so I was, I was praying for you guys yesterday. And the Lord gave me a vision, and then he backed it up with a scripture. I like when he does that, because I always want things to be biblical. And I understand a lot of times when it comes to scripture, if you're prophetic, a lot of times you're reading the Bible, there's an application to the word, meaning there's a context for the word, for a passage, for a verse, for a time, for a day, for a specific purpose, for a specific people. But even though, listen, God is not writing something in here that still doesn't apply to us today, even if that time period has come and gone. Does that make sense? There's an interpretive aspect as well to the word of the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you out of today. So I had this vision. I told it to Carl. Carl actually backed it up this morning. I walked out to, um, Sue can make a mean breakfast, man. I don't know if you guys have ever eaten Sue's food, but good night, man. I, Carl's like, you're eating better than I am this weekend. And I was like, man, <laughs> preach, man. I don't care. I love it. It's so good. But I walked out to something that Carl wrote on the, uh, on a piece of paper that he left on the island. I thought it was instructions for breakfast and And it just kind of gave me faith all the more around what it is that I want to tell you guys here this evening. So I feel like there's a very specific word with a very specific assignment. And I'm going to tell you guys something that you already know, which a lot of times that's what prophecy will do. And then we're going to move into a time of praying and a time of declaration. And I know some of you guys have kids here. A guy back there has his shirt off. I love it. He's comfortable. He's running around on the pews. He is really at home right now. I was going to say, I think it's David. We were praying for him earlier today oh oh, man that's so funny I was we were joking because I have a book at home called no David what's one of my kids favorite books and the kids always getting in trouble he's got like shark like teeth whoever did the art for this is terrible they 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 need they need to get a degree in drawing or something but there's this scene where he's like running down the road and he's not he doesn't have any clothes on and his tuchus is hanging out my kids think that is the funniest thing that they've ever seen and, uh, and they love joining in. Like, I'll read a little bit, and they'll be like, and David's mom always said, no, David. Like, they get really excited, like this, this chant and this cheer. But what I want to do is um, I'm going to turn you guys to, to Job chapter 14. I want us to look at a passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it. I'm going to make a cute couple comments, interject here and there. And, and just kind of share some, some aspects and some interpretive things that I feel like the Lord is saying specifically for you guys. Job 14. Job chapter 14. Like I said, we won't, we won't go long. It's already almost 8.30 tonight. Oh, this is so good. Job 14, beginning in verse 7. Don't get ahead of me, okay? It says this. For there is hope for a tree. 
for there is hope for a tree, guys. And I know you may be like, what does that mean? Listen, there are times and time again in the Bible where, where the writers would reference trees and use them as symbols and metaphors to just exemplify like people, like the one who's planted or the, the, the one who meditates on the word of the Lord or the law of God. Psalm 1 is like a tree planted by the water. The Bible says it talks about you and I being oaks of righteousness in Isaiah 61. It talks about this idea in Ephesians 3 and Colossians 2 about being rooted and grounded in God's love and established and things like that. And I'm telling you, there is hope for a tree. All right. The the writer goes on to say when it is cut down, that it will sprout again. And I am telling you, it has felt like things have been lopped, things have been trimmed, things have been cut down. And its shoots will not fail. Shoots speak of new growth. Though its roots grow old in the ground and stump dies in the dry soil, at the scent of water, it will flourish and put forth sprigs like a plant and I smell the scent of water in this house. It may feel like you've been cut down. It may feel like things have been severely pruned and cut back. But I am telling you, the real and the true you is actually coming up out of that stump now. The gateway you were always called to be can now come forward. And there are certain things that had to be lopped off and cut down and put aside. Old ways have to be put away at times, guys. Rethinking, doing it different, you know? Like there's, there's, there's sometimes, guys, the Lord spoke this to me during worship. Sometimes life comes out of death and beauty comes out of ashes. And sometimes it's the only way God's getting those things. Even of the Lord, it says that he was a tender shoot springing up from the stump of Jesse when it seemed like hope was cut off. Hope emerged. When it seemed like the promise had failed and it's been a long time's way and it hasn't happened yet, suddenly something sprung up. Are you guys hearing me? Do you understand? Yeah? You hear the correlation? At the scent of water, it put forth its sprigs. And we know that there is no life apart from the presence itself. Apart from the water of the Holy Spirit. Apart, There is no life. There is no birth. There is no new beginning scripturally without the activity of the Holy Spirit. So I'm here to tell you tonight a new shoot has sprung up out of an old stump and it will not fail. It's a new DNA. It's a new beginning. It's a new opportunity. It's a clean slate to do it the way that you feel like God is calling you to do it. And I know you guys are familiar with this scene and the Lord put this on my heart as well in in worship where a prophet by the name of Ezekiel was taken up by the Spirit of the Lord was put down in a valley where the bones were just very dry. You guys know the scene, right? Not saying, not trying to say something I'm not, okay? 
But my point is this, when, when God began to interpret the vision to Ezekiel, he said, and when it seemed like hope was gone. That's when Ezekiel, after God asked him a series of questions and he told him to prophesy to this and prophesy to that, and that's how we're gonna end tonight. We're gonna prophesy to certain things tonight. We're gonna call forth that breath. We're gonna call forth that water. We're gonna call forth that shoot in Jesus' name. Stanley, do you know what I'm talking about, buddy? Do you see it, man? God asks Ezekiel very specific questions, not because God ever needs our counsel. Not because God doesn't know the answer to the question. Anytime God's asking you and I questions, he's wanting to change the way we're looking at something. There's an invitation in the dialogue to see what it is that he sees. And tonight, the Lord, honestly, I really believe the Lord is helping us to see life where it seems like there wasn't any. Hope where it seems like it's failed. Encouragement where it seems like there's been discouragement. This is a new, I've never, I have not felt this excited in a long time. And I really feel like there's such a, a, a palpable, just buzz and, and tangible presence that's in the air. Even in your worship, guys, your worship, bless me. Jacob, I love your voice, man. Good night. That's why I've asked you to lead worship in the past. You failed me, man. You just, no, I'm just kidding. There have been times where you turned me down because it just didn't work out. But I'm telling you, like, I can feel, guys, the, the sign of life in the church is in its worship. All the time. And you can't fake that. You're not going to get up there and fake that. You can feel that. I want to read this again to you from Job chapter 14. For there is hope for a tree when it is cut down. See, even when all hope seemed like it was out the door for Israel, a captive people taken abroad, shed abroad, like had all these promises made unto them. My goodness, if, if prophecy and the accuracy of prophecy was measured in how quick a word came to pass, some of these guys were the most inaccurate prophets that ever lived. Some of these guys are prophesying hundreds of years into the future about this very shoot that was going to spring up when it seemed like all hope was cut down. The real gateway is actually about to emerge. The true you is now coming up. And that really excites me. I could care less about a full building. That's not what makes a people effective. People that love the Lord, that's what makes them effective. Come on, God can take 12 people and turn a world upside down. We're here because they went. Their hearts burned. That's why they went. There was something that they saw, they were part of, they witnessed. I love when they're, they're walking on the road to Emmaus and the comment was, we're, we're not our hearts burning when he spoke with us. And the one thing the Lord's really shown me, especially this year, is God cares more about your burning heart than your right life. You can live right and not love Him. But when you burn for Him, that's what changes everything. You'll do the unthinkable. And I love how that's out there on your sign. The impossible is for those that are unwilling. But the one who burns will do anything. Come on, guys. The fruit of your love is in your obedience, but the evidence of it is found in what you're willing to let go of and lay down. That's how you know if you love him. It's when you let go that you find what it is that you were created for, and your life isn't your own. And a lot of times it's what we're coveting and we're holding on to. And, and I'm telling you, the life that was here, we're letting it go because there's new life being shed abroad in this place. It's a new day and it's a new start. It's a new beginning. And I know it's already been happening, but I believe the Lord is wanting to bring confirmation to that.
You're the ones. It's all hands on deck now. You're the ones. You're the ones that are, that are rising up and rebuilding and restarting and all of that stuff. It's an exciting time, guys. It's exciting. There is hope for a tree that when it's cut down, it will sprout again and its shoots will not fail. Guys, that's a promise from the word. Its shoots will not fail. The new growth will not fail. Though its roots grow old in the ground and its stump, because there's history here, we know that. Its stump dies in the dry soil. At the center of the water, it will flourish. And you guys have smelled it, and I know you have. And that's why I could feel it in the room this afternoon. The whole time Rachel, Noah, and I were prophesying. I felt it. You can't make that up. I felt it. You guys were actually hungry. That's why you were here. And you know what? And it's something I didn't get to tell Noah and, and Rachel. But you know what? A lot of times we put so much stock in our own faith when it comes to ministering. But I've learned this. You will pull it out of me a lot more effectively than me trying to work it up. Your hunger will always make a withdrawal on the anointing. It was Zacchaeus's hunger. Hunger will put you in an uncomfortable place. Hunger will cause you to push through a crowd and say, if I could just touch the hem of his cloak. It wasn't Jesus' faith. It was the woman's faith that Jesus then turned and said, I felt power go out from me who touched me. And you guys have been pulling at the hem in this place. Not just today, but there's been a revival and a resurrection of faith in this house. And I can feel it. A sincere desire. And it's almost like the things that you, that you guys used to care about and matter. You've Listen, it's all been stripped away. I feel a purity in this house that says, I just want to touch him. I just want to touch his heart. And it's the only thing that I care about. If he's not in it, I don't want to be a part of it. I hear that. I don't know if somebody prayed that recently, but I feel like there was this thing that was said, if he's not in it, I don't want to be a part of it. If he's not going, I don't want to go. The cry of Moses is here. God, show me your glory because without it, I could care less. This is the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing. And I even feel like you guys are once again going to fall in love with why you guys got in this thing to begin with. That is so important. Sometimes the things we do for him distract us from actually just being with him. And God is bringing us back to that simple place again where the heart just burns and it yearns. and Because don't may we never forget, man, Jacob was singing about it. My favorite, that's one of my favorite songs, Beautiful by Phil Wickham. Man, can that guy write music. There are very few people anymore that write in such a way that there's a lot of worship songs that are out there that are just about us. We're singing about us. We're singing songs here that we're not going to sing there. I'm serious. You're not going to sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear in heaven. That's been dealt with. Like, you're just not going to, I'm not opposed to it. But I'm telling you, like, it is about high praise, declaring him. Like, it's, it's about songs like Beautiful, where we're just announcing what it is. And I'm telling you, it's a bride that is coming together to declare who the bridegroom is. This whole thing is about a wedding at the end of the day. The Lord your God is your husband, Isaiah said to the people of Israel. And we stand now presently betrothed, and we are going to burn like a fiancé should for her fiancé. And I'll tell you what, man, that's all holiness is. Why would I ever want to cheat on the one I love? Let's simplify this thing. Come on, let's get real. 
I'd never dreamt of that when I was engaged to my wife. All I thought about was her. That's how you know you're in love. Every thought is consumed by that one individual. And God is bringing us to that place. And this shoot is springing up. And the reason why is because God is bringing us back to what matters. Guys, sometimes things have to die so that what what needs to remain, that shaking needs to happen so that what can remain actually remains. And it's the things that can't be shaken. But God gave Ezekiel very specific instructions. He said, he asked, can these bones live? And he said, oh Lord, you know, it's a great answer because he didn't want to say the wrong thing. It's a great answer, and the Lord does know. And he tells him flat out, he just says, prophesy to the bones. You know what happened? See, I love this. He first heard a sound before he saw something. And I I hear the sound of new beginnings, new days, new excitement, new passions. And it was when that happened that he saw sinews put back together and bone coming to bone and flesh being put on it. And then he said, see, it's not enough. It's not enough, guys, for us to have good meetings. It's not enough just to hear a sound. It's not enough just for the worship to be good. It's not enough just for the preaching to be good. That might bring an army to its feet. And listen, there's a lot of people that are in church today that are standing, but they're void of the breath. And then he says, now prophesy to the breath. He prophesied life first, and then he prophesied the empowerment to carry it out. So that's what we're going to do here this evening. Does this resonate? Does this make sense with anybody in the room? Shirley, you're always clapping. You're so excited, girl. This place you're in right now with the Lord, I love it. No, I love it. No. You stir me up. You, you get me really excited. But let's ask the person that, that, that it matters the most. Tim, does this, does this resonate at all? Because you're the pastor of the house. Because you're the leader of the house. Because you're my friend and I care about my friend. That's why. Now, I, I want to tell you guys something, I, and, and I know you know this already, but I, I really love this place. I've been coming here for a long time. And even when I made a real big life decision, I called that guy. And he probably didn't think I would ever call him to ask him that advice, but I really respect your pastor, and that's why I called him. And I believe he hears from the Lord. And he said things to me over the phone that day and it was around is it time now is it time is it now the time is it the fullness of the time for me to step out into what I was anointed to do a long time ago and he spoke things and he said things that honestly my wife said I don't even know if I ever told him that that I went back and it was as if it was just for my wife I said you'll never guess what Tim said so I absolutely love this guy with all of my heart and his sense of humor and his goofiness and Sometimes I just stare at him and I just go, uh-huh, and smile and mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, Rachel? It was funny. I had Tim come and he shared at my school, at my church, and Rachel's one of the students there at the prophetic school that I do. And, and, uh, and I told Rachel in the car right down, I said, you, you'll, you'll know the pastor. I said, he actually came and spoke at the school last semester. And she goes, oh, yeah. She's like, I, I can see why. She goes, I was actually going to text you when he was there and say, I can see why you like him. He has a beard and loves rabbit trails, too. Ay, ay, ay. That's what you said, wasn't it, Rachel? Yeah. All right. Let's stand to our feet, guys. It's already, it's about 29. We'll, 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 we'll continue with this tomorrow morning, I promise. Because there's probably going to be people here that didn't hear what's being said here this evening. 
So if, if you're in agreement, would you do me a favor? Would you just put your hands out right now like this? If you're in agreement with what you heard here this evening, that there's hope for a tree, and even when it's cut down, it'll put forth a shoot. And it'll spring up where it seems like all hope was gone and, and death had prevailed and death had won. And from that stump and from those roots, see, because roots matter. And there are things you guys are rooted in here that matter. And they're still a part of your DNA. They're still a part of your history. And from that place, a new shoot was springing up. And the word that I heard the Lord say was the real gateway the real gateway, the true gateway is emerging right now. It's rising up in the same way Ezekiel saw a great army and the greatness of the army. And I know what Ezekiel saw was a multitude of people, but I'm telling you the greatness of an army. David had mighty men that were more powerful than multitudes. The greatness of an army is not found in its number. It's found in who they're connected to. It's found in who they're in relationship with. It's found in the one that they trust. It's found in the one that they put their faith in, the, run that they, the one that they run with, the one that they obey, the one that they long to please. So Father, I thank you right now all over this room in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for new life in this new shoot that's springing up out of this stump. This is a new day and a new time, and I am grateful for the leadership in this house. I'm grateful for a leadership whose hearts did not fail and they did not faint. And in fact, they bound together and they came together and they united themselves in vision. And Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that there's a purity in this place, God, a true unadulterated purity that says we just want the Lord nothing more we want to touch him we want to reach out to him we want to bless him we want to touch his heart that he might move his hand but we're not asking for his hand first we're asking to touch his heart first and father i thank you that that is true in this leadership that they have the best interest of this house in place and in mind more importantly they have your best interest in, in place god and in mind and Father, in the same way that Ezekiel prophesied to bones and he prophesied to breath, right now in Jesus' name, Father, we prophesy to this shoot, we prophesy to the breath, we prophesy to that scent of water, and we ask and pray that you'd flood this place in the name of Jesus, God, that you would release a new flow, that you would release your spirit like never before, God, that there'd be a quickening, that there'd be a stirring, Father, that there'd be a trembling, that there'd be an excitement, that people would see it, that they would sense it, that they would smell it. And Father, we thank you for the sound right now, the rumbling that's coming together as new life is emerging from what seems like, what seemed like death, where hope is arising, where it seemed like there wasn't any. And you know what? And Carl pointed this out to, this, to me this afternoon, this evening. It said of Jesus that he was a tender shoot. And you know what? That's exactly what's happening there's a tenderness you guys have towards the Lord and you've caught his eye and you've caught his attention and I declare over you I can smell the scent of that water I can see that shoot rising up and I bless this house I bless everyone in earshot Father, thank you for the rumbling. Thank you for the excitement. Thank you for the shoot that's coming up. Thank you, Father, for the root structure. Thank you, God, for new, new, new beginnings. Thank you, Lord, that the real, the true, the genuine, the gateway you saw before time 
now I call it forth in Jesus' name. And I ask the breath to fill these people, to blow, to lead them, to not just be an army that's standing, but for life to come and abound, for water to flow, for even water is sign of life. It's a sign of life. We need it to live. It's the very presence of God itself. And you even said, different places, different times, come to me, you who are thirsty, come and buy. You who have no money, come and drink, come and eat. You said to the woman at the well, if you knew who it was asking you for a drink, you'd ask me. You said, if anyone is thirsty, John 7, let him come to me and drink. So Father, would you flood your, this place with those promises? presence of God. Father, I thank you for the excitement I feel in this room. I thank you for what's palpable, what's tangible in this place. God, we love you. We honor you. Thank you for Pastor Tim. Jesus, thank you, Lord, like I said of him, of him this afternoon. God, for bringing, us, bringing him back to the place of loving why he was called in the first place. We honor you. We love you. We want you. We want to touch your heart, God. There is hope for a tree that when it's cut down, a shoot still springs up. Thank you for the tender shoot. Thank you for the scent of water. Thank you for life in Jesus' name. We bless you. We honor you. I pray that people leave stirred, fired up, excited, praying for this house, calling forth the more calling forth burning hearts to arise, to awaken like never before in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. And Father, we honor Christina back there on the keys. You killed a girl. Thank you so much. God, just bless her. Pour out abundance over her, her gifts, her talents. Increase them, Father. Thank you that she was ministering to you tonight, ministering to us. Father, I release these people and just pray blessing over them as they travel home. Lord, let that excitement that I feel, let it be over them. Let it touch them. Let it stir them. Jesus' mighty name. We love you, God. Thank you for Gateway Fellowship. Thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap for the Lord, guys. Let's thank him for what he's doing. Amen.